Good evening, everyone. It's uh, 8.34. We got um, three guests with us tonight. Oh, thank you, John Bertan, for the, the drum, or excuse me, the bass beats. I appreciate that. We, we're, uh, we're changing it up a little. Um, in about two weeks from today, we got what's called a, called a Backyard Ultra happening. And a week ago, approximately a week ago, the Lazarus... Lazarus, is that, is that, uh, Backyard Laz. Ultra took place, uh, Laz, and um, I don't, I haven't followed the guy very much. I, I've heard about it, the Barclays marathons, um, but um, so we have Greg Fergett, Chad Kadoff, and Nils Fransons. Did I say that right, Nils? All Close right. enough. And uh, so, yeah, we got we got really two parts here. I thought we'd just dive into what happened. With the uh, the Laz's backyard, and then we'll talk about our little um, backyard event. So, so Chad, do you want to start us off with maybe this? this what is a backyard? What is what is a backyard? It's okay. Backyard so, Ultra. Yeah. A backyard Ultra is a race that a guy Lazarus Lake envisioned, and the idea is that it would be this small grassroots effort. It wouldn't be this big thing. It wouldn't cost any money. And the idea is that you run 4.16 miles every hour on the hour. And so you don't need to be fast. You just need to have this fortitude to keep going back out there. And a community forms, because unlike most races where you're by yourself, you're starting every hour on the hour with your crew. So it's it's really a team effort, even though it's a competition. And it's... It's local, it's fun, it's easy. And the idea is 4.16 miles is if you were to do that for 24 hours, you make it 100 miles. But this race does not have an end. It goes until the last man or person completes one whole lap beyond the other. And so there's a mental game involved with not knowing when the race ends. To me, it sounds so mental. The whole thing is a mental trip, right? Because... Anybody hears a race or a running race and they think, well, you're completing the distance as quickly as you can from point A to point B. And not at all. It's like we're taking the um, we're, we're changing. We're changing some of the the variables like that. it could, You don't know if it's going to be uh, a 24 hour, uh, a 12 hour, a 48 hour. That's. um. At first, it was like it was like imagine someone could go 24 hours and run 100 miles, and then it was imagine someone 36, 48, and then Andy. What happened this week? One gentleman went how far? How far? Nils, Greg, 108 yards or 450 miles. Yeah, yeah. And was it some like elite athlete from nope. from the Nike Club? School teacher. A school teacher from Ohio, a 48-year-old man with a day job. <laughs> Harvey Lewis. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a humble and man. One thing to, because we always talk about Harvey, but one thing to remember is a Backyard Ultra is a lost person standing race. So don't forget that this, well, there is no second place because everybody except for Harvey was a DNF, but let's call him second right. place. But the second place person did 107 of those laps. So right. 
you need, if you want to break the world record, and if we want to break world records at Chad's race, we need to have at least two strong runners. That That's right. The, but the person, the, the second finisher is called getting the assist, and that is an yes. honor. And that person will receive a, a, a special item at the event as well. They will receive a, a small consolation prize. They will not receive the winner's prize, um, but they will receive a small thing to recognize their contribution to the antelopes. And what are the, the there's little acronyms like um, refuse to continue, I think is one, RTC. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then it's not DNF. Well, it's everyone refuse DNF to continue. Yeah. So, the, yeah, you could have. Didn't and how many? Loop. Yeah. Didn't, and yeah, then did not like, complete or. Did not yeah. complete in time. So, so we have everybody except the last person standing is a DNF. And we have refuse to continue, which I could easily see. You haven't slept in two days. If anyone has not slept in two days, it is. Four days. Yeah. Or <laughs> I've, I've only done like 48 yeah. hours in my ex- and it wasn't a running thing it was hmm. it was a different experience and that that does mind tricks you start seeing things and that's kind of scary but um yeah I, I could just see like you're starting to hallucinate and that's probably time to call it <laughs> well i thought yeah. what was cool is if you followed some of the chat going on i mean a hundred miles prior to the finish, there were people talking about Harvey's really hurting, you know, he's, he's lagging. And if you look at the splits, he was really starting to slow down. And they were talking about how strong the, the second place guy was. He was what, 12 years younger than Harvey. And so I was even, I was just sitting here thinking, yeah, you know, there's no way Harvey stays there with him. And then the second to last lap, Harvey ran about five minutes faster than him. And, and then that last lap, the guy started and walked, what, a hundred feet and, and turned around and came back and quit. So it's just it's amazing how the how the tide changes as those races go. It's got to be a huge psyche too that's going on, you know, with these competitors that are looking at each other, lap after lap. Yeah, and and it's not a it's not like a you're not running a 5k, where it's yeah. just like everybody doing as much as you can until the you know very last restraint. Lap. Yeah, it restraint. Restraint is is very key. So I've, I've been practicing out on our court. We're we talking about our race. We're talking about the world. Still? Oh I, yeah. We could switch oh. over. So, so, yeah. Ch- so Chad is the organizer. We'll call him the organizer for this. It's called the antelope backyard and it's just friends. Uh, it's a private, just get together. And what, what inspired you or what was, I, what, I'm guessing. What that, yeah. Yeah. What, what made you decide to put, put this together? What ins- what inspired me was the incredible experience that we all had at Hood to Coast, um, where we were out there as a team running, but kind of on this like crazy adventure, you know, where it's like, get here, go there, go fast, eat this, be dirty, be up all night, get lost. And it was just this crazy adventure that bonded us together at the end of the weekend. Like we were all like, yeah, I needed that. Um, and I was like, don't forget how do I cap- laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the bonding, all that. And then I was like, how do I <laughs> capture that, but not wait a year and then remove the airfare, the car rental, the expense and make it so that more people can get involved, um, and have it. So I'm spending more time with my friends. Yeah. It's, and, it's, it's organic, and it was a week, uh... yeah, a week after Hood to Coast, Phil, a member who was of that team, was talking to another buddy, my friend KC, 
who who I tried to talk into Hutikos. Casey's like, no, I'm not doing that. And they were talking about it. And Casey was like, I would do that next year. And then I came back to them. We were at, we were at like a like a church event. And Casey was like, what's a backyard ultra? And they were laughing about it. And the next morning, I got up. I specked out the course. Like, I think I I think I I like I put together an invite and like I got two people to commit. I think Ferg was like, yes, Andy was yes, Phil was yes. And I was like, we're going, that's it. And I just like, I just had this, this, like, I just knew this was like the right thing to do. Like, we just had to go do this. And how many do you have now committed? We've got 15 or 16. We've got 15 RSVP, yes. So we'll probably wind up with like 12, 13 on the starting line. That'd be my guess. So. I'm curious because I've never done anything, anything like this. Um, just I've done lots of running, <laughs> and I've done a lot of racing, but I've never done any. This isn't a race. This is just a uh, an event. It's a kind of an experience with friends. So I'm curious. We could go around like food wise, because like. Food after three or four hours is not the same thing, like as goos and gels and Gatorade and stuff. I'm just curious what your guys, um, have you trained for this at all? And to be honest, I haven't. I'm just kind of doing my normal thing for marathon stuff. So have you trained? So question, first part of the question, have you, have you trained for this? Um, is there any kind of training you do for this? And then the second question, uh, yeah, what's your food? Like, what's your your plan for eating and drinking. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I can, whoever wants I'll to go, go out on a limb and I'll say, I have not trained for this specifically, but I have discussed it with my coach. And he said uh, that given where we are in my training cycle, this actually works out perfect because I'm in my aerobic base building phase. And he said the backyard ultra is perfect for that as long as you don't get injured. So I think it's go, I, I think from that aspect, I'm good. In terms of food, I just did an ultra uh, two weeks ago. I did a 50K where my nutrition was pretty well on point. So I'm planning to basically do the same, which for me is liquid calories in the form of tailwinds that has sugar and uh, electrolytes. And I supplement that with quite a different amount of things. I can quickly, I don't know if you record video here, Andy, but I, no, I don't this share is the my, video. Yeah, but, we, but this is my latest order from the feed. You can see nice. some fruit pies, uh, each of which is 200 calories with five grams of protein as well. <laughs> wow. You got these knock bars, uh, which are 200 calories with seven grams of protein. Cause the one thing that I'm mindful of once I run longer than four hours is you need to get some protein in you. It's not mm-hmm. that important, but I've read that you should try to get 20 grams every four hours, either a full protein bar every four hours or just five grams per hour. And that's what I sort of try to aim, whenever I aim for whenever I run more than four hours. So I don't know. I don't know. Is protein uh something that you digest when you're doing long is it, it, is it it's something you digest it's something your body can still use to avoid some of the muscle breakdown but uh big but you won't use it as energy so even mm-hmm. though i said that those bars that i have are 200 calories 
the seven grams of protein, which is 28 grams out of the bar, won't be burned as energy. Yeah, I think like that means magnesium. it's actually sitting inside you're going through or coming out. Yeah, and and using the restroom is a is an issue, right? Yes. Because, gosh, I mean, you say you're doing 45, 50 minutes on a lap, you got 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, you you got you have to start at the start. There's there's certain controlled. You can't be using the uh, restroom. <laughs> well, I want I want to come back to the topic of okay. breaks because I think that's okay. that's a major variable there. But I want to hear what Greg. And Andy, and I'll share my nutrition. So, okay, Only so a great Nils, nutrition strategy. You got. Yeah, sure. you, you you sound really dialed in. Okay. Love great. it. Yeah. What so I, you? I yeah I I don't I, I I will tell you right up front I don't fully understand all of the science, but I do experiment. And so for me, the fifty miler was a was that I completed a month ago was the first time that I tried stuff beyond gels and say Gatorade or some type of endurance drink. Uh, because I was told and and read that um, you would you, your stomach just wouldn't tolerate that for nine or ten or eleven hours, and so right out of the gate, I set a strategy to take X amount of calories per hour, and and I I take more than the average person. I'm literally every fifteen minutes that I was out there for for ten hours, I ate something, and and I mixed it up. I would take a gel on the top of the hour. Um, 15 minutes in, I would have a couple of uh, gel chews. Um, and then the bottom of the hour, I would have uh, another um, gel. And then at 45, I would have some uh, waffles, some of the honey stinger wafers. You did that, and, Greg, you did that for the whole 15 And I did that for 90% of the race. And wow. And, and in one uh, age group. <laughs> And you yeah, won. No. Let's be clear, so, you won. <laughs> and but it but the challenge is, as I read and as you'll find it, and and I've been finding my training. So now all my training ones, when I go out for four or more hours on a training run, I I use my race strategy for fueling. And what I try to do is I try other, um, you know, things that in case I get sick of the waffles or in case I get sick of the honey singer chews. So that I've got backup plans because I've been told that that's what you'll need. You, your body just doesn't want to take the same thing over and over again. And then as as Nils started to talk about, protein becomes important. I've been told that that's beyond the 50. That becomes even more important in the 100 and 200. And so I've been taking these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. There's a, a number of different brands out there, Frozen. Um, and I will, instead of a gel at the top of every other hour, so every two hours I'm having, I'll, I'll you know, chew that thing down. And I've had no problem digesting those while I'm running on the trail. Um, and it, again, it is supposed to help, you know, your muscle endurance down the road. You have to get protein. My wife works with a nutrition coach and she's a huge proponent of that. Her coach is that you've got to get the protein in when you, when you start tackling these longer races. So, so for me, I have a fixed strategy that I start with, and then I've, I've got all kinds of backup plans. Um, and my understanding is that the longer you go and from watching people do the, the hundreds and two hundreds, when you get late in a 100 or certainly into a 200, then you're, it's quesadillas and soup and, you know, a lot of you're sitting down and digesting cheeseburgers and burritos and you've got to have real food. And so, you know, it, it depends how long this thing goes. I mean, we're, this is a little different in that 
one of the things I guess I, I have, haven't planned for this, but one of my strategies would be potentially to run every third loop a little faster. So I have more time to sit down and have something, you know, like a cheeseburger or a quesadilla, and then I can digest it and, and then off I go, you know, just things that I'm thinking about. So it's, to me, it's, it's, it's a, a science, a game you play, you know, you're, you're constantly, it's, it's a chess game, you know, you're, you're moving pieces around and, but it's fun. Yeah. It was interesting when, when I was talking to Andy Melton, he was talking about how this is kind of almost in many ways from like a laboratory to try out some yeah. new things that he's going to apply in longer races. Um, so for me, for nutrition, I've got like a big old jar of honey from actually from the family ranch and it's like thick. So I have that, you know, before I start a lap, I have a spot now right on the Andy Berry Hill where I suck down a gel that's kind of like mid course for me. And then um, on the break, I've got food here and I think it's kind of exciting that you can like change it up a little bit. So like I could just go with a big amount of honey. Um, I also had like, like a little like muffin, you know, that was kind of nice. It was just basically sugar broke down quickly, PB and J, you know, crackers, pretzels, things like that, like different types of food to keep it changing. But the break is no joke because, you know, it's like when you're racing, you have this point where like you hit your stride and you want to go and like I had this, so I did four yards on Saturday and I had this point where I'm like at like, I was like eight, I was 12 miles in and I came back to the house and I'm like, you know, like I want to go and I had to sit down for like 13 minutes mm. and it was like, you know, the caffeine was flowing and it was like, like it was really, it was, it almost was like, 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 like a hindrance, you know what I mean? Like, like I wanted to fucking run and mm. you just have to like wait it out. You know, but I, I'm. it's interesting having that time to break and having the ability to use the bathroom without it being like such a detriment to you in your race. time. You know what I mean? Like other races, like you really got to go, gotta go. It's going to crush you. But like here, like you can stop, you can rest, you can breathe. But it it is hard at certain times to do that, too. So. But yeah, lots of goo, honey for me, and then like lighter snacks, I think. Yeah, I, this is um, the proteins. You're right about PB and J. I think if you're doing that, that used to be my go-to when I was doing like long, a lot of triathlon stuff and anything over four or five hours. I would eat a PB and J. And my one of my favorites was a Snickers bar. So mm-hmm. like, I would yeah, a, a Snickers bar at like a Seven Eleven was just like the the best. I thought that was like my reward for like biking way out, you know, biking back. But um, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do like kind of a buffet. I'm going to have like all kinds of options. I'm going to avoid a lot of sugar, I think, unless I'm really feeling down. I'm going to have some sodas. I'm going to stick with really kind of barbecue type food. <laughs> like um, I had, you know, chips, sodas, uh, I was thinking Costco muffins, a bunch of Costco muffins. I'll have Gatorades, but I'm going to really just try to keep it water and like normal food. I love melon. I'll probably cut up like a bunch of melon and I'll have like, mm. like I could, I could eat like nice. a melon. watermelon. I love watermelon and oranges. So I'll have them all pre-cut. Just have like a bunch of, bunch of fruit and melons and stuff like that. And I'll just, and um, cooked potatoes with salt. If it's really mm-hmm. hot, 
and I need to, and I'm sweating a lot, I'm going to need like a lot of salt. So I'll just like dip the potatoes in salt and uh, yeah, just try to keep the salt intake going because I sweat a lot if it's hot, but I shouldn't be working too hard if it's nice and cool. But um, yeah, this is, it's, it's, you have to know yourself. You really have to know your body because like, I know after three hours, I'm not going to want another goo if I'm eating a goo every 30 minutes. That's just, it's too much. Well, you you hit the nail on the head, Andy, because my wife and I have both been doing this for a while now, and we we are complete opposites on what we take and what we want in terms of drinks. She likes drinks that are really heavy in salt because, like you, she loses, she not only sweats a lot, but loses a lot of sodium. And so she... um, she has this drink that I can't even stomach. Like I puke the second I touch it. Mine are, mine are sweeter, you know, not super sweet, but very little salt to the taste. Um, and then what we eat too is almost night and day. So it's very individual. I don't care what people will tell you what oh, they yeah. eat, but you got to go out and try your own thing. Oh, totally. Like some people are sweat more than others and some people yeah. need other things. And some people don't like peanut butter or <laughs> just, uh, or the waffles. I, I think the, the waffles are, they're okay. I can eat them, but I'm not going to, I don't love them. Like what are they called? The honey, honey, something? honey, honey stinger. stinger, honey stingers. Yeah. yeah. They're they're. I mean, if that's all I have, I'll eat them, but it's not like my go-to. I do like Chad got me onto the espresso goose, which mm. I haven't, haven't had in forever. Yep. <laughs> There they are. That's why he's sitting to... in his garage shaking, waiting to start the next lap. <laughs> uh, I can't do the salted caramel. No? <laughs> no. no. I, I saw Chad holding it up. I, I, I like can't these. Do it. I alternate between these. But, you oh. know, it's always, been, it's always been my experience in a marathon that, like, I'm loving them, I'm loving them, and then I get into the low 20s in the marathon, and all of a sudden I'll eat one, and it'll just turn rancid in my mouth. So that's why I like this, because I could have honey or just, like, other snacks, you know? Plus, there'll be other food. I mean, like, especially if you guys are going long, like, there'll be food showing up. Like, two hours after I'm done racing, like, <laughs> there's going to be stuff on the grill, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, like there will be food. I mean, I can assure you of that. But what? Chad, you're going to be running for 24 hours, so that's a long right. time before we have to wait to the grill. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm not <laughs> discounting any anything you know i'm really trying to stay open-minded with it a, a, a mentor of mine tells me you have to listen to your body right and i've been doing that throughout my training and the other thing which i've read a lot about these is that you can go way beyond what you think right and so like for me this is my a race you know i'm doing this instead of my full marathon and like the other reason why i set this up because i want to put myself in the maximum position to go as far as i could so right so what how am i going to do that i'm going to surround myself with the people i know and like the most Right. And I'm going to make it interesting and exciting for them. So they want to go all day. And now, you know, like Kipchoge did sub two with a triangle in front of him. Right. So like, like that's kind of what this is. It's like, how am I breaking through that 26.2 barrier? Like, who's my triangle? It's you guys. Nice. You know, so. I like that. Thanks. So talking about breaking barriers, Greg, I have a question for you. Like, Sure. What's your recovery plan? Because you've got a hundred miler coming up next week, and then a week after is the backyard. Like, what's your recovery plan? What are you thinking? No, I Chad and I talked a little bit about this. I mean, I I don't know because I haven't been there. But the only the only thing I have to go on is I you know I know what my recovery is like after racing hard marathon like Andy did in Chicago, 
and that's I'm useless for 30 days. I mean, really, if you want to be realistic about it, it really beats me up. But I also ran that 50 miler. And after that, a, a week after I felt really good. I mean, I so I I think there's a big difference between ultra running and road racing um, because you're not going anaerobic. You know, it's that low aerobic. And so I, I, I won. You can do it more often and it doesn't beat you up. At least I feel like it doesn't beat you up nearly as well. So I, I wouldn't have even thought about doing it if it were post a road marathon, but you know, I told Chad, I'll show up and I'll just see what my body feels like. But, but I actually, I'd be surprised if I can't go, you know, if, if, if I, 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 I would be shocked if I can't do a 50 K, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. That's the first number thrown out there. 50 K. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I would like to do 100k. I I don't have any huge expectations to go super far. I have CIM, which is I'd say Chicago was my A race for the whole year. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, that was it went well. I'm I'm happy. I was Great I was race. shooting for a little faster, but that's okay. I can't complain. And then uh, yeah, I have CIM, so I don't want to completely destroy my body and i i don't think you know chad we have to trust Told chad you know. he, yeah he might he might say yeah it's 6 a.m sunday we're gonna we're gonna i i don't know what what does what the uh race race person say race director in terms of like so so the rules are no cutoff and i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not looking to cut the race off at all um i think that I think the humans will hit their limits um i mean yeah pretty, i think, and, and I think this, this is quickly, not I, this is not the easiest course either um it, that that hill will will add it's not a flat course right um yeah. but but I, I mean i don't know you, you just have to read the situation there's so many variables that could happen right and i'm not gonna let anyone do anything unsafe of course um, but we're going to go out and have some fun and see, see what happens and see how people are feeling. Right. I mean, I'm starting Saturday morning for a reason. Um, yeah. and yeah, so, you know, we'll see where but, it goes. Yeah, I, I want to be functional on Sunday. You know, I have to go to work on Monday. I, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be completely, a complete mess. So, see, Nils, you see what he's doing right now, Nils? Do you, do you see what he's doing? I told you he was going to do this, right? Yeah. He's, what he's doing, what he's doing is he's putting Sandbagging. what's called the margin of safety. He's stepping away before it started he, the, a but couple weeks ago he came up with in. the c he was not talking about cim even a few weeks ago and then all of a sudden it was like <laughs> cim i don't want to go too far i got to be healthy for cim you know and andy i can respect that i can respect that you want to feel safe but i think you're going to get out there and you're going to have whatever experience you intend to have and even separate from that you're going to get out there and you're going to i mean you know, a, a, another wise man once said to me, once I put on numbers, I change, you know, something comes over me and, you know, you're going to get out there and you're going to be with your bros and you're going to, you're going to go. It, it's, it's hard to contain. That hill. Yeah, but it's, it's not a, di I mean, it's a steep hill. You're right. And there are two good, good hills, but you can hike those. You should you hike need, them. Yeah. You don't need to run them. No. That's, I think that's the way to do it. Just hike them, and even from the very beginning. You don't need to rush this yeah. course at all. I mean, you've got the the time. Um, but, you know, Greg, it's interesting. You said Harvey ran that. Like he, he put down, like, one lap he did in, like, a 33. And then he came back and took a nap, you yeah. know. 
like that's like a legit nap, you know. If if mm-hmm. you come back 33, and I think he had got himself a place where he could fall asleep pretty quick. So you know, I mean, like, you know, if you can get back in 33 and take a 20 minute nap, I mean, that's well. If you listen to Courtney DeWalter, will say if she gets a five minute nap, it feels like three or four hours. Yeah. I mean, she she is she said you'd be shocked what a difference it makes for you, or at least for her. I do that when I'm driving. I'll pull over and take a 10 to 12 minute nap. When and I'm driving. Yeah, if I'm, yeah. Like if I'm going to Tahoe, like I go to Tahoe, I always go to Tahoe the morning of my ski day and halfway up, I'll just pull over, I'll take a 12 minute nap. And after that, I'm, I'm good, you know? So not while I'm driving, if I'm driving. Yeah. Like a yeah. 15 minute nap, like on the weekend is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it just it feels like you're, I'm like a different person after that. Well, now, I mean, uh, some of the things that I've been listening to and, and once you hear them, once you start asking people like, oh yeah, no, that's valid is brushing your teeth, you know, at, at aid stations and these 100, 200, they do it and they say it makes all the difference in the world. One, your ability to take the sweets again, but two, it just makes it feel like you just got up in the morning, you're fresh, you wash your face, hmm. it takes, you know, baby wipes, cleans her face off, brushes her teeth, you know, every 20 miles, you said it makes a huge difference. And I've read that now at least a half a dozen times or heard it. Yeah. I've seen also maintaining certain like routines, like, so like, like eating meals at set times, if you can do that, or like, you know, like at a break, just like scrolling through your phone, you know what I mean? Or like calling a family member and saying goodnight or something, or like, just like little things that ground you. I actually have a friend, his name is Vincent Barrientos. He competed at Biggs World Championship, oh, wow. I think one or two years ago. And I saw before he would go to races, he would post a picture of his fuel box. And it was a ridiculous amount of candy. I mean, just tons and tons. I mean, there would be some goo and some protein bars, and it would just be like mountains of candy and Coca-Cola. And you do need, if you do the math, you do need a ton of food. Like, we're not going for 100 yards, I think, but I, I heard 100K, that brings us close to 100 miles, which is 24 hours. And so if you think about 24 hours at, even if you count 200 or 300 calories an hour, that's a lot of food you got to get in you. And you got to yeah. be prepared as you show up to this event to just have, I don't know, 10, 15,000 calories with you to consume throughout the day. And there'll be food at my house too. I mean, like there's going to be coolers with stuff. People are going to bring stuff. Jazz is going to have Chick-fil-A brought at some point. Um, like I said, when I stop, I'm going to cook, you know, like there will be, there will definitely be, meat coming off of off of something grilled at some point um i know my wife's picking up a cake right that'll that'll be perfect to get a little antelope costco she cake out there you know (laughs) there's going to be fuel floating around for sure plus you run by big rock during business hours which is which could come in handy i mean like i told annie i was on a long run the other day and i bonked i totally felt myself bonking and i ran over to the gas station i bought a package of peanut butter crackers i walked for two minutes and then boom i was running again you know, so yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have you're a cot. Just... I have my, I have this really fancy cot I got about two years ago. It's, I, re- I love it. It's so comfortable. I'll have there a you cot go. in your backyard. If I need it, I can lay down. I'm gonna bring the the extra cover, so you, the 12 by 12. Yeah, the, uh, I think the deuce is gonna bring a couple of. We're gonna have like three easy ups back there, plus my awning. Plus, I think. I'll I'll clean out the garage. Like I think I might have the garage available for for breaks starting after the first lap because coming into the warm is nice when it's really cold. 
um so i might have this this available just to come in and sit down because like you come in from that 6 a.m lap it could be really cold um so i might have that and then at nighttime i'll have this available if people want to come in and have like a quiet but i don't want people in here making noise at night while my family's asleep um so most of the festivities will take place in the backyard well that could be a sleep area at night which would be kind of nice exactly 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 um yeah, I mean, we've got carpets. This this has there's carpets down in here. Um, I'll probably like tape off parts of the house so folks know like yeah, don't go stand like over the couch or the carpet when you're dripping wet. <laughs> you know. Um, do you have do you have like a uh, like a flood lamp that wouldn't wouldn't totally bother your neighbors? <laughs> so what so I've got in the backyard yeah. is I've got like some of those like you know like bistro lights that goes around my awning. I have two lights i don't have like a flood lamp um it just be a light bulb just just i've got i've got i've got two like backyard lamps it'll be fine um yeah we'll 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 be able to we'll be okay and then i'll have like lights in the house on too so like that'll shine into the yard yeah and i'll be curious to see of so there's a bunch of other so you guys are just thinking of like the max but half the field is not max people half the field are people who are just like i'm gonna come out and see what happens and like can i go a half or a whole marathon you know and like i don't know how many of those people stick around afterwards or what like some sort of some will be like i want to see this you know it's it's, for me it's it's a race i I treat all my races against myself but i don't have anything to compare this to so Mm -hmm. i kind of just put that arbitrary number out there and I, I'm certain I could probably go further if you know I had to. But, That's right, Andy. You can. But I, you can but go further. Remember, you something. had. Wait, yeah. what did you do the week before your fastest marathon ever? What did you do the week before? No, that wasn't my fastest. That was my second fastest. I did the, the first time you went before. sub three though. What did you do the you week did before? The quad I, did, dipsy. I did the quad dipsy the week. You did before. the quad dipsy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I feel like you do this backyard, and you have three yeah. weeks to recover. So this weekend, go do the quad dipsy, Andy. I promise it'll no. help you. No, no, no. Right. This weekend, just join Greg for his 100-miler, and you'll be golden. Yeah. Well, how many – what's the elevation at Rio de Lago? It's not bad at all. They okay. they say it's like 13, and Sarah registered yeah. less. So most of the Stravas are like 11.5 to 12.5. Oh. Is Sarah going to pace you for part of it? Are you having to pace her? I don't all? think so. I've told her she can if she wants. She, she doesn't have to, but she, I, I don't think so. so she, the boy's got a busy weekend and stuff. So yeah. So, and I'm I'm good running by myself. Does she want to pace someone, Greg? Because I have a friend that I'm pacing for 31, and she's still looking for a second pacer. She, I I don't think so. No, I mean because okay. we got a busy schedule. But thank you. Yeah, I think she'd like to pace me. She just worried that she she doesn't want to get dropped. <laughs> well i have the same concern with my friend because a friend i'm pacing is also way faster than i am but i'm picking her up at mile 70 so yeah. i should be able to hang on but i don't know what's going to happen by like mile 90 mile 95 when i'm 20 miles in and she gets like uh she starts seeing the finish She'll line. be fine you've been running well lately thank you you too by the way like your training okay. is fun to follow i'm ready thanks yeah He's like a metronome, the way he hits the plan. It's inspiring. Oh, this is much more fun, though. 
I, the, 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 I don't know if we'll talk about ultra training, but I, I, the one thing that I love about it is that you're not running paces. You're not staring at your watch. You're not, I mean, it's, it's just, you, you know, time on feet. You know, you never talk about miles, at least my coaches, you're going out for four and a half hours. You're going out for five hours. You're running at zone two or, or, you know, perceived exertion five, you know, but it's, you're, you're just not watching split. I, as a matter of fact, what, like, I'll be out there for five hours and I can't tell you within three to five miles how far I've run. I don't even look. It's kind of cool. When I finish, I'm like, holy smokes. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll have run four miles further than I thought I did. It's kind of cool. It's freeing. Yeah. How do you plan your route then? I, I do it time-based, so I, I do out and backs. And so okay. I, if I, I've got a six and a half hour run, I'll go out a little further. And then it always pushes me to go either a little longer or a little harder on the way back. I can see that. My my coaching plan is still mileage based, which I there is some discussion to be had around mileage versus time based. But I do hear you that when I go run, like yesterday, I went running with friends, and we all have like completely different paces. And I think in traditional road running, everybody wants to hit their exact pace that they want to hit. Yesterday we just ran and sometimes we ran five of us together. Sometimes there was two of us together and we stopped at an intersection and we waited for each other. And in like normal training, it would ruin your training and your splits on Strava would look horrible, but right. we don't mind. We just run. Yeah. And have fun. No, it's, it's a whole different world, at least for me. Yeah. I like, I like what Greg just said that, that you have some freedom mm-hmm. to just kind of enjoy the experience of being outside and yeah i i say one thing and then i do another (laughs) (laughs) i've i've enjoyed that too i mean like i've just been going i mean i I, i'll lay out like okay i'm gonna go out for this a lot of my stuff has been time-based or even if it's distance it's i've not been focusing on speed at all um and then all of a sudden i'll like i'll pr a section when i don't even mean to which tells me that I'm, i'm probably developing quite a bit of fitness doing this and usually when I'm usually when I'm about to start my taper for a marathon, I'm nursing an injury, which I'm not right now. You know, like I do not feel like I'm on the edge of injury at all. Um, and I feel like I go out and crush a marathon right now. These are your two biggest weeks, right? Ever. I did. Nice. I, did seven, I did. I did 40 miles this week. Um, I did. I tacked an extra mile with my son this today. And. Yeah, I did 38 last week. I've never done this much in two weeks. I mean, in January and February, I was doing this much in a month. So this was, awesome. yeah. this was good. Yeah, now I got two weeks to taper. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, you know, Andy, because you're a big road runner and have done a lot of the big races. I've, I've heard, read, talked to people about the difference between road racing and ultras. And, and they'll say, road racers, you know, we, we tow the line, 5K, 10K, and maybe even marathon. And, and, you're looking at each other and it's competitors and you race each other and, and it, you know, and you're watching your split mile for mile ultras, you, you step, at least my experience has been, you step to the line and everyone is just having a blast. There's very little stress or tense. Everyone just walking around and looking and taking in nature and, and everyone starts out slow, no matter the distance, no one's in a hurry. There's none of this pushing, shoving, you know, get going. And, and then you'll get, you know, 25 miles into race, even when I was doing my fifth mile and someone's on the side and you stop and, and, and everyone stops. They're just, are you okay? And you're not looking at your watch. You're not worried. 
you know, it doesn't matter if two minutes go, three minutes go by, you, you kind of feel like, you know, it'll be paid forward later. You'll, you know, your stomach will feel better. And, you know, everyone just kind of has this element of, you know, we're all in this together and, and time doesn't matter. And we're all just trying to get across the line at the end of the day be, to prove that we can, there, there's something to it. And I've, I've been chewing on it, noodling on it. And, and for me, it feels very different. And, and a, a lot of it is probably just because I was burnt out on road racing because I love road racing. I mean, there's mm-hmm. an element of it that I have. To, I just love pushing myself and hitting splits. And But this this is there's something different about it, which is, is this community thing. Yeah, I think it's also the numbers, I think, that has something to do with it. You have like mm-hmm. like the Point Mariah Marathon. It's like 100 people. And it's it's a trail. It's a it's a trail race. It's and everyone's just have it's very social. Everyone's how are you how are you feeling? Just yeah, it's everyone is. Uh, there's a human spirit to the race, and and mm-hmm. of course there is at the Chicago and and New York and all these big races, but it's it's less. You're you're less in touch with the person right next to you, right? Because there's thousands yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, also, I agree. Yeah, I would say the also another difference, and I'm not a big road racer. I did a couple of road ten miles and a couple of half marathons, and that's all the road running I've done. But I feel like you're also way more in tune with the race organizer and the volunteers at the race. Like, uh, if if I think about all the ultras I've done, most of the ultras you spend one, two, three minutes or even longer at an aid station, and you actually talk to people. And I'm actually wearing my Kodiak shirt where I volunteered a couple of weeks ago. And oh, nice. we were the first aid station for the 100-mile event. So people were six miles in. And I think out of – how many runners were there? Let's let's say there were – I think there were 300 runners in the 100-mile. I think half of them said, thank you for being out here. And that's just so nice. I remember when I was road running and somebody was handing me a cup of water. I just took the cup of water and didn't even acknowledge the person. Half of the time. What a jerk. I always yeah, I'm a total jerk. Total European jerk. That the the water, that that is something um at all these big marathons. Like you actually you're running in hundreds of people. Yeah. Every, there's forty seven thousand people in Chicago. Here comes the next exit station. There's one every mile. Yeah. We're starting to queue up. Starting to queue up. And then the queue is literally you know, you're so tight, you're bumping into people and, you know, someone's slowing down a lot in the, and then their people are literally bumping in and it's just total chaos. And it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. It, it's when you, when you want to be at a pace, it's very frustrating, but I remember yeah. New York was gross. Oh, it was oh the, so gross. The, we were... the asphalt is, oh. is slimy from the Gatorade. So my, I almost slipped and this, and I'm like, I'm near the front front area, not near the very front, but like, yeah, I can't imagine what it's like after an hour. Of... That was me. <laughs> it's gross. It's disgusting. It's so gross. And the crowd. Yeah, they need, they need a fire hose to like <laughs> to to hose off the Gatorade, which yeah, you don't have that problem in a in a uh, trail ultra. So. We will yeah, need it's... people to help clean up my house after this is done. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, this is good. Yeah. I. Uh, we'll see what happens. I will do a follow up. I do plan on doing. I don't know how to do the logistics on this. Um, 
I want to, and maybe I'll bring my laptop with my speaker because I can easily do this with that. I might set it up in maybe Chad's garage, but basically like you press the space bar, it will record, press it, it'll pause. Something where I could record like each yard, like a tense, I think this is Melton's idea. Record like a you can first get an yard. app on your phone. Get an app on your phone. The microphone yeah, on your phone is incredible. Yeah, I'm carrying my phone and it's gross. And I, I, I don't know. I'll, I was think, I was thinking like a wireless keyboard would be safer. But anyway, I'll, I'll figure something out mm-hmm. where we could easily record something, and then we'll have us, we'll have this, either progression towards uh, victory or a progression towards I'm done. <laughs> We'll see. I'm hoping folks take pictures or little videos here and there because I'd love to get those little momentum. I mean, like after Hitchcock seeing everyone's pictures and stuff, yeah. it was awesome. You know, that awesome picture of you making that jump when you honked our horn. Yeah, we, we need a we need like oh, a video oh, yeah. person like to record yeah. the start of each one, just kind of get the feel for like the first 20, 30 seconds. One thing I really want is before the race. So I'll set up, I'll come up with like a a little schedule before him, but like, I'll probably do like 15 minutes before the race to like a quick race briefing. And I definitely am going to get a family picture of everyone with the hats on, Um, you know, just like before it starts all excited. (laughs) Fire up. This is a good talk guys. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I uh, think anybody have anything to add? No, I think it's going to be fun. The train, the training's all in the way it sounds. Now it's the the head game. Because if you re- the other thing, if you read about ultras, you know, ninety five percent is the training. I mean, five percent is the training. Ninety five percent is the mental. How are you going to problem solve out there as you get deeper into the the race and deeper into the night? And some people are better at that than others. So it'll be fun to watch. Greg, is your goal for next week at Rio do Lago to like put the hammer down, or just to complete like? No, it's my first 100, so um, again, I'm running all at you know either heart rate or perceived exertion for the first 70, 80 miles. So I'll see how it goes, and so when when I get 70, 80 miles in, I'll start thinking about that stuff. I mean, I you know 27 hours is you know pretty reasonable. Um, They give a special buckle if you're sub 24. And, you know, if I had a really good day, it's something I could go after. But that would be a lot later in the race when I start thinking about that stuff. I want to finish. You you got 30 hours Mm -hmm. to finish. And so finish healthy is always the goal. And then I won't even look at my pace or anything until at least 70 miles. I'll I'll just be going from aid station to aid station. That's what I did on the 50. I I had no idea what my pace was until 40 miles in. And then I took a peek and said, okay. And I had some stuff in the back of my mind, you know, where I thought I would need to be to take my age group and stuff. Are you watching your heart rate too, or just just a perceived exertion heart rate? No, too? I watch. I watch. I'm a big heart rate guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, yeah, I yeah, use yeah. both because heart rate isn't always accurate, but it's pretty darn accurate now, at least on me. And so I, you know, I I will hold back on heart rate. Um, and even if the heart rate looks low and I'm, you know, the breathing isn't right, then I'll I, one I'll let one override the other. Mm-hmm. It's for I found on these things, it's all about holding back. You just don't want because you if you're working too hard, you're burning calories and you're going to be at a deficit anyway. So it's just preserving the calories and hold back, hold back, hold back. Everyone says you just you can't go slow enough on these things at the beginning. If you think mm-hmm. you're if you think you're going slow, go slower. 
I will say for, for RDL, the first 15 or 20 miles are on a flat bike path. And I heard that it's very easy to get lost in yourself and just go too hard on the bike path. So I think that where, that's where, Greg, if you're looking at your heart rate and rate of perceived exertion and maybe even dialing it back a little more on the bike path, I think that makes or breaks your race. That's what my yeah. friend, that's, that is what my friend told me. I looked at, I looked at guys in my age group that won at their splits and um, it's the same thing. Sarah, if you go and look at hers last year, RDL, the first 20 miles, her heart rate was like 160, 170 in stretches and then the rest of the race you know 120 130 she blew what? up 60 Whoa. yeah she went out way too fast yeah go look oh. at it. it it's pretty interesting okay. how hard she went early in the race because i said i said you went out way too fast last year i had no <laughs> idea but i didn't know there was because the first miles you wear road shoes and it's mostly bike path and easy trails and so i i mean i'll i'll be moving along at a pretty good pace regardless and so you do get to bank some miles and minutes there but i've I will just be, it'll, for me, it'll be like a recovery run. Yeah. You know, like I just everyday thought, recovery. Like extra, extra socks, maybe even an extra pair of shoes, clothes to change if it's like, oh, you oh yeah, and sweaty. Yeah. You mean for the, for this race or for the ultra? For, for, for the antelope. Yeah. For, for so, your oh, race. Yeah, you want, yeah. you want change of clothes. You want change of shoes. Like even like I run in different shoes. I'm, I'll have different shoes for this race because just, just I have two different Hoka's, you know, trail shoes that I run in and they just feel different on my feet. You know, mm-hmm. they have different hot spots. One is more on the outside, one's more on the heel and inside. So I'll be switching up just to feel like I'm in fresh shoes. Yeah, I, I, have, like, I have this tunnel vision. Like the longest thing I'm <laughs> yeah. out is like two and a half hours. So uh, <laughs> the other thing I realized is I went out the other morning in the freezing cold, underdressed. And like I was like, I should just have worn tights and then changed after a lap or two when I wanted to change. Like, like yeah. why would I be cold? You can just change. You yeah. know, it's it's not even like like even a if you make a mistake, it's just yeah, it's four four yeah. miles. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not like I brought the extra jacket, but I let my legs, I, I let my body get too cold during the first lap. And as a result, my heart rate was higher, my effort was higher, my splits were like way slow relative to every other training run. I was like, I was like, I was, I was unnecessarily cold especially for what was essentially a four mile lap, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you don't, you don't have to like suffer because you can, you can come back and change every, like you can bring all the gear you want. You can have a suitcase sitting here, you know, with gear and food and whatever you want. And I told everyone, bring a change of clothing. If you want, you yeah. probably use the shower afterwards, you know, as long as the family's awake. So. Anyhow. Is there a shower downstairs? There's the, the bath, the, the bath of the shower is upstairs. Oh, okay. We'll have the bathroom yeah, downstairs yeah. open, but like someone finishes up and they want to shower. Yeah, I'm not going to have people <laughs> I just need a pit stopping upstairs. <laughs> Wait, the spa's not open yet, Sandy? I thought the spa was open for the, mid, the pool. Mid-lap. The pool will be available. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got an ice cold pool and a and a hot tub at uh, mid mid race. So yeah, jump on in. My ice Andy. bath. There you go. Yeah, yeah, and and I do plan on um, I'm going to go to Costco probably next weekend and get a ton of Gatorade. I'll, I'll get a bunch of cases and I'll have Gatorade and a hose and just bunch of one gallon things of water. Just uh, if, and it's sort of just like another place if you want to hydrate. So I don't think we'll need to wear, I'm not going to wear a, a vest or run with a bottle. I'll have a bottle, but I don't plan to run with it a lot because there'll, there'll be an aid station and then there's chads so 
then there's water yeah. fountains too. I mean, I'm still gonna have my vest on just because I like it. It's like a security blanket for yeah, me. Probably will too. I put my phone in there. I can listen to music off of it. I always have like my goo in there. But like, there's a lot of there'll be there's there's water fountain. There's a water fountain at three quarters of a mile. There's Andes, which is which is at like 1.34 miles. Then there's Big Rock if you need it. So, and then you're you're back. You know, at mm-hmm. four miles. So, and there's, there's trail bathrooms all along the course. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, it's exciting. Guys, it, I just want to say thank you guys for, for, for saying yes and getting involved. I, yeah. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to have friends who want to do dumb shit like this. You can't for, for anyone listening, say, say yes to something like this. Don't just yeah. do everything you're always, you've always done. You know, say yes to adventure. That's say like yes to say yes to adventure. Yes, definitely. Yeah, the yes only thing adventure. I haven't figured out how to deal with, I, I know how to deal with blisters on my feet and stomach issues, is, is the belly laughs that go on when I get together with you guys. That I, I don't have a cure for. So I'm a little yeah. worried about that. Because <laughs> when I get together with Nils and Phil, I'm just going to be busting my gut again. And I know it's going to throw me <laughs> off. I know you guys. Oh, Phil. Oh, my gosh. Oh, right? Phil's great. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be flying you guys haven't even met the, the missing piece. You, have, you know, guys know jazz a little bit, but there's this guy, KC. KC is 30. KC has like bowled a perfect game. He was sponsored for motocross. He's won jujitsu, ski jumping. He's like this multi-sport athlete prodigy. He was like a college baseball. I mean, the guy, anything he does, he exceeds at. And he has like this kind of quiet sort of just like grit. Like he went out and ran a marathon with no training once. He's not a runner, but like he's just this like athlete who will go out there and he'll I bet he'll go long. You know, like he just has that like grit to him. Sure. Um so yeah, there's gonna be some wild cards. And then Andy Melton isn't even here. I mean, that that guy is, you know, he's strong odds, you know. He's been he's training a lot more too, I think. Yeah. He's strong yeah. odds, sir. I mean, he, I feel like he has I feel the like experience, it's, and he's very present, smart. Yeah. I mean, present company excluded. I feel like it's going to be Nils and Melton. That's what that's that's my gut sense. Andrew Crone hasn't committed I to think, to no, hasn't committed anything here. And Matt Bedessa, got the I think has, I think it's going to be Nils and Melton. That's that's my I prediction. Budessa, Matt, and Andrew or Andy, they run a lot together, and Budessa has the ultra background too. He's done a hundred. But Podesta oh, wow. hasn't been putting in the mileage lately. Uh, I think I think he has the tenacity. Mm-hmm. He could do it. He could do it. I can't wait to see it. It's, it's anyone's. It's anyone's. It. It's anyone's. It, it, it's going to be less on physical fitness. I think physical fitness is yep. what gets you there Saturday morning. But by Saturday night, it's all going to be mental. It That's is. the one uh, one thing I will say is when I when I like the first time I ran the course twice, I made a mistake on the second loop. Like doing the like all of a sudden you're like like wait a minute was I here already like like it starts to mess with you after a while of doing the mm-hmm. same loop over and over and over. Oh wow! It really oh, does. I, start I did to... it. I did it well four times from my house and it was uh, the first one was miserable because it was like five forty five in the morning. It was freezing cold. It was not fun to get started, but by the third, it was really enjoyable because you you get to know the tangents you get to know all the little ins and outs and it just it's just familiar and when it when it becomes familiar then it's much easier because you can zone out more 
you're not like, oh, I got to take a turn here. I got to watch for the sidewalk there. Once it's familiar, I think once we're all like on five or six, it'll be just so much easier. And I, and I think someone will surprise us. I think the person that wins this will be not who we think it is. Probably. Yeah. Chad, do you have a GPX yet of the course? I have Strava. the Strava. It's in the handbook. Strava? In the handbook, there's a Strava in there of it. Okay, good. Um, I think you can export it, yeah, at a Strava. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, have it, I have it as a Strava segment. And Andy, I might close, you know, at the end of the field before you come to the hill. You can go okay. right between those tight two rocks. I might mark that off and have people go around that gate. I'm, oh, I was so looking at it. I was worried about someone yeah. nicking themselves. And then there's there's a little stump right on the other side of it that if you don't know it's there, you can easily bust your face on. Mm, that'd be smart. Huh. Okay, yeah. I might mark it around that. Um, and I'll probably, go, I'll go, I'm going to go out the day before Nils and just mark it with flour. Nils is on. I'll mark it with flour. <laughs> that'll be um, So there'll be marks at least for the course, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, safety, that's, that's the right thing to do. Do everything Safe. should be as safe as possible. Safety um, first. Yep. Definitely. Safety first. All right, guys. Okay. Good talk. Oh, we'll, uh, fun. Talk we got this. Maybe yeah. three or four weeks. Uh, after Greg, we'll be rooting and praying for you next week. You're going to cry. Thank you. Yeah, I can use the prayers. Nails, I'll see you there. I hope. Well, Greg, I hope I don't see you all day. That means you'll be flying faster than my friend. Here, here. Greg, have a great I'll, I'll race. I'll wait for you guys You're, at the finish. You're you got this. Great. Cool. All see right, guys. Night, Thanks guys. so much, Jenny. Good night, everybody. Good night.